and welcome to another episode of Trash or Treasure, the podcast where Kim and Amy bring you spoiler-free recaps, reviews and recommendations for whatever we read this week. Amy, what did we read? We read The House in the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Clune, who is a Canadian author. And this was a recommend by our friendly Canadian. It's a little bit of an odd one for. The That's podcast. what Tara said. Was yeah. like this is a this is a bit of a different one for you, but I've... mostly when she emailed it in, it was very much like a this is kind of speculative fiction fantasy, but it's kind of soft fantasy. It's not kind of hard like there aren't dragons. wizards and dragons and things. And she just said basically, Kim, read this. Don't know if Amy will like it. You don't have to do it on the podcast, but we both read it, so this is we're here and we'll do it on the podcast. Oh, do you want me to do the spoiler free? Can I try bits of, <gasps> of it? Of course you can. Go. How do we do it together? Uh, yeah, I will, I will need your help. So mid-year. The, the book follows Linus Baker, who's Correct. in and his middle 40s. Age, He's basically a bureaucrat. He, he lives bureaucrat. alone. He has a cat who he thinks hates him called something or other. And he's, he works at the department. It's called Dicomi, mm-hmm. the department for... Something of magical children. Yeah, it's like the regulation and something of magical children. It's like child services. But for so the other magical thing that you youth. kind of yeah, That's the it. other thing that you've kind of got to mention there is that it's not set in our world. So it's set in a world very similar to ours, but it's mm-hmm. not in it's not set in Canada or set anywhere else. It's and in this world, in Linus's world, there are some children born or some people born with all sorts of not just and it's not typical as in like everyone has a magical power. You might be born able to make plants grow. You might be born a sprite. You might be born invisible. You might be born a giant blob of goo. So it's not, when they say magical children, what it actually translates to is not what you would consider normal in that really awful, strict, bureaucratic government sense of the word. Yes. So Linus occupies the strict, normal government sense of he wears a suit. He turns up to work on these days. He's very, very, they're regulated by this hideous power-hungry boss who gives them demerits for sneezing. Yeah, it's very George Orwell kind of at the beginning there, yes. And he thinks he is content well he's very rule orientated and he's happy to and and Linus believes in what he does so he's never he believes he's causing he's he's helping these children he believes he is protecting them because basically his job at dichemy or whatever it's called department is going to in charge of magical youth sure that's it uh so he works as an auditor of the orphanages. orphanages. So when you are a magical youth, you are quite regularly, you end up in these orphanages. The whole thing is an allegory, but I suppose we can come back to that later. But he goes and inspects the orphanages and makes sure that the youth are being cared for appropriately and are being fed and taken care of and their magical needs are being met and that everyone's registered and that's what he does. And sometimes he makes recommendations for orphanages to be shut down because yes. he deems them unsafe or, or that the they're not safe. Yeah, exactly. Or sometimes he says, yep, this is great, keep going. Yep. And he works very hard to keep, like, he believes it's important that he is non-emotional and doesn't get attached or involved. He doesn't stay at the orphanages very long, but he follows up. Like, he is a very... He's diligent. He, he follows the rules diligent. and regulations. He knows it by heart. It's the only book he reads. He does have a bit of a fondness for, like, mid-century 
records. Yeah, he likes, he likes music. a bit of Bobby Darren and that yeah. type of music. Yeah. And, but he gets summoned one day by extremely upper management. Yes. And given a top secret mission, which is to go to an orphanage that is on an island where pretty much everything is classified. Pretty much, yeah. And so it's a secret orphanage that's run by Arthur, is the name of the man. Mr. Who... Arthur Parnassus. And it's such a great name. We've got to say the whole name. name. And basically the idea is that these children are potentially dangerous or in some way offer a threat to normal, again, with that awful quotation mark yeah, as an insult, you know, like the really awful Ooh, version of that he's word. He's not normal. Yes, that kind of they pose a threat to the rest of society. Mm. And so they are kind of, they live on this island all isolated by themselves and Linus has been sent to see whether or not the orphanage should be shut down. And because it's quite remote and they want a bit more information, he is to stay for a month. Yes. So he kind of gets then subsumed, I guess, into the life of the people on the island. There are secrets that you find out. You meet all of the children who are in the orphanage. There aren't a ton of them. There are six. And they are extreme cases. So one of them is like a kind of bat creature. Theodore. Theodore. And, you know, there's arguments about whether or not Theodore classifies as a magical youth or an animal. Like, so there are really... There's Talia, who is a gnome who has gardening yeah. superpowers, and there's a lady gnome. Um, there's a... Fee, who's a sprite. A little sprite. There's Chauncey. They're yeah. not sure what Chauncey is. Anyway, but they're all just essentially young kids. Yeah, they're just um, children. And and finding out who they are and and what their magical bent is or what their magical kind of power is is part of I think the reveal. So I wouldn't go into too much detail about that. I think that's part of the fun, getting to know the kids on your own. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's about yeah, Linus getting to know them and their space and making a recommendation. But ultimately, the book is about prejudice. And it's about and belonging and about belonging and, and home and family. Yeah. And it's a allegory, metaphor. I'm always unsure which one of those one is. One of accurate those two things. For the period of history or period of time in Canadian history where the government would take children from the native people in Canada. I like the stolen generation. So this is actually really interesting. It was called the 70s. I want to say 70s, but it could be 60s. But let's just, it it was 60s or 70s because it's called the 70s sweep where the children were like swept away from their families under the rug because they were different because, you know, people are horrible and racist. And it's been in governments all around the world and it's awful, but it was kind of, they were all swept away, swept away into these orphanages and raised in these orphanages in this very dark time in Canadian history. Right. So this is the house in the Cerulean Sea is, I think an allegory is the right word for that. The 70s sweep. But not necessarily the one that was just specifically in Canada, but those periods in time where governments have felt they know best and they take custody of of children children who they deem as other. Yes. And throughout history that's often happened to, like, First Nations people or things like that. Okay. Wow. How did you find that out? It wasn't in the foreword or anything. 
I think maybe it was in Tara's email. Oh, okay. Well, that's very interesting. Mm, it was fascinating. Okay. I knew it when I started reading it, though, which is why I think it was in her email. Right. Um, okay. But that's but the author is Canadian, so yeah. it is a specific. It, like that is what they were specifically right. writing. I knew the author was the author was Canadian. Um, but yes, but I I, I felt blurb. lots of I felt lots of similarities and crossovers. Right. With okay. The, the Australian history of the same thing with the stolen generation. So I feel like that was kind of you, kind of me. Can I go first with my Sure, you don't feelings? get to go first very often, so I I'll let you go, go first. first it's often. because I do a crap spot. That's not true. Yeah. You're amazing. It's because I've totally changed my tune. I'm developing my skills and, and competency that's at right. spoiler free recaps. Exactly Let's frame right. it that way. I'm upskilling you. Thoughts. How'd you feel about the house in the Cerulean Sea? So I thought so being like a fantasy so set in a different world, I liked it. I found the world different enough that it was interesting, that I was interested to learn mm. about this world, but similar enough to ours that it was very easy to pick up and and move with. Yes. So I thought that was really good. I tried the audiobook because I am the person who road tests audiobooks in this pairing. Hated it. <laughs> I thought the guy's voice was super annoying. Okay. I felt like the story had quite a lot of heart, but he was kind of reading it. I can't remember. Is it first person from the perspective? No. No, it's, it's not. Linus it? Baker was. Blah, blah, blah. Right, right, right. Arthur so said, blah, blah, it blah. felt like he was reading it. I just didn't like his portrayal of Linus, I guess. I felt like he was doing him as unsympathetic and cold. And even at the very beginning, I didn't read Linus like that. I read him as feeling like he was doing the right thing. Mm. Even though that meant strictly following the rules. He yeah. thought he was doing it in everybody's best interest. It was never just because he was, you know, doing it because that's what you do. No. Anyway, okay. so, but I enjoyed the story enough. And I think that's pretty telling because I bailed on the audiobook in the first couple of chapters, but I was enjoying the narrative enough and the kind of mystery of what was going on to actually jump and get the physical copy of the book. Oh, okay. Whereas often if an audiobook is trash, that sounds really harsh. I'm so mean. When the audiobook doesn't grab me. The audiobook doesn't match how you perceive the character in your it's, mind. It's just like a it's like a splinter in your toe. Like you yeah. can't you can't ignore it. It's much more visceral an audiobook <laughs> yes. because you're dealing with a voice. I liked enough to jump over so that I feel like that's telling. I really liked the arc for Linus without going into mm. details and spoiling stuff. I really liked the arc. It felt realistic and I it felt really reasonable. And so there is a kind of love thing that happens in it it's not a love it's not a romance novel by any stretch of any imagination or definition but i it's about finding your belonging and it's about finding a place to be yeah Yeah. and i really bought into and was i really enjoyed the love subplot in Mm. this and i loved it for its maturity for that for its i like how you're calling it a love subplot Rather than romance, yeah. Well, that's what no, I felt but, like it was, but I right? think that there's a yeah. there's a difference, there's a nuance in that Absolutely. word, and it was it was a love subplot, yeah. Yeah. and it wasn't just love between two people. It was a bigger no, it was love. a bigger love, absolutely. The love that comes from family, and the love that comes from home, and the love that comes from place, and yeah. things like that. Yeah, and I just felt like it was grown up. It mm. felt grown up, and I enjoyed that. So this author normally writes. Young adult It felt fiction. a bit young adult for me. There were moments of that for me too. But I enjoyed that we're essentially following Linus and his experience and that he's a man in his mid-40s. Mm. So I really liked that. And so I felt like the author handled that quite well. Mm. And that felt authentic for me. 
I found the kids a bit shallow and a bit annoying, particularly at the start. The first time we meet them, they're very, we're magic and we're going to use our magic to play tricks on you because we don't like you because you represent the government. But that didn't go on for very it long, did, It went on for slightly longer than I wanted it right. to be because okay. he was also a bit of a patsy in that moment too and was just like being the stereotype they thought he was going to be and it went on. He got over it. They got over it and moved on just quickly enough for me. Okay. But I was like, oh, I'm done with this. How much longer is this going to go on? And then it kind of ended close enough to that that I was like, okay, fine. But, yeah, that was – I think that was like a ball, like that was a line ball for me. I was like, mm. whoa, okay. Okay. I thought the metaphor allegory was a little bit heavy-handed in places. It could be a little bit heavy-handed. <laughs> well, I didn't because I didn't no. even pick up on it. Um, But I did also think that as a kind of like as a point to make and a moment in what is essentially history that was repeated all around the world in different forms, mm. I'm like – this is a bit heavy-handed, but you know what? Bears repeating. So I didn't – I was like, narratively for me, I was like, this is a bit heavy-handed, but then immediately but I was like, I nope, think, I love it. I think, though, that if you – if this is read by the author's normal – like if you say that they're yes. a young adult author and So this, if it's read by their typical audience – It needs to be a bit heavy-handed. A hundred percent. I also thought, though, that it was really sweet – and real in so many other ways that I it was so, like it was a worthwhile read even if you were like yes I understand that this level of systemic racism and prejudice is dangerous and horrible mm. and should never ever be repeated I even if you were like leave that to the side it was still a great read on its own but I also don't feel that we should like leave that to the side like that's a story that needs to keep getting retold if we hope to not repeat those same mistakes right so I thought it was a, in that way it was a I was like this is a bit much but also fair call I was really glad so it's a standalone novel it's mm-hmm. not a part of a series and I was Hooray! glad we love a standalone I love a standalone and I so I was like yes this doesn't need to be more than it is and it's perfect as it stands and the other reason why I really felt that way I was like I totally could stand to hear more about these kids as they get older. I'd want to know more about Linus. I want to know more about Arthur. So it was one of those books that, one of those rare books that left me wanting a little bit more, but also being like, fair enough that I don't know. But it was. And, but it, I thought it tied things up. So it, it didn't leave you up. going, no, like, gosh, no. I need to know more. No, it's no, like, no, no. I no. wouldn't be sad if I knew more about them. I wouldn't but be they sad all... to spend a bit more time yeah. with them. Yeah. And and it's kind of, they end up in such a lovely place. It's It has such a lovely ending that I was like, it'd be so nice to spend a bit more time with them mm. in that happy place. I think that would be nice. But at the same time, unnecessary. So, yeah, I was I was actually really satisfied at the end of the day and I would recommend it for sure. I think it's great. Even if you're not heavily into fantasy-style novels, it's a little bit along the lines of, like, oh, I want to say, like, Miss Pettigrew or Miss Peregrine's Home, Home for, for Peculiar Children. Okay, I haven't read that one. It's a little bit similar to that, but that became a series that was like, ugh, it just like disappeared down this vortex that was very irritating. But this is what that novel could have been. So it's a better version of kind of okay. what that novel could have been. And so if you're just kind of, yeah, you're like, oh, I don't mind those kind of stories. 
X-Men-y kind of concept, but maybe even if you don't read a lot of fantasy, I still think you could get... I think I think the people who listen to this podcast and read the things that we like reading could get a lot this out of this This is a good segue novel. to me. Yeah, But great. before you jump, do you want to do... So you recommend. I recommend. Will you reread? I will. Okay. So yeah, it so it's like a it's recommend a... and a treasure for ah, me. I really, okay. really liked it. So I don't normally... I would never have picked up this book, read this book, if it hadn't come to us as a recommend. Yes. Whereas I would have. I, I probably yeah. wouldn't have come across it like so I'm it glad it would have taken you a while to, yeah it would have been like, it across. would have been interesting about how I kind of got to this book so I was really glad and and when Tara recommended it she was very much like probably not your usual thing like Kim you should read it no don't know definitely not bag. my usual thing because yeah. I don't read a lot of you don't even read speculative fiction I don't read a lot no. of because spe- I mostly find it really creepy and unnerving and I never feel resolved at the end I feel paranoid mm. but this one was I thought it was really sweet yeah and I like I said didn't read it with the allegory no well, didn't because... really know what it was going to be I just was like I'm gonna give this a go and I'm gonna have a completely open mind because it's a genre I'm not very familiar with that's right it did feel to me like a young adult novel in terms of there's you know because they talk about what's going to happen, what happens to the kids if an yes. orphanage closes, yeah. but they don't go super the type of depth that I would have expected if its target audience was adults. Yes. So, so some of it is that, lost in There's that, that acknowledgement yeah. of, you know, there's sort of seriousness here, but at a young adult level. Yeah. I, I loved some of the kids. So I absolutely love Chauncey from the beginning. Chauncey was from day one. Chauncey was adorable. I love that guy. Yeah. So some of them took a little bit longer to grow on me. I really enjoyed the character of Linus and I liked his arc. I liked the arcs of the other characters as well. So some of the supporting cast were really nice. And I think that everybody grew. It was a story about growth and that really resonated. And I, had a little and everyone at the start was stuck in their own way which i enjoyed Even the because it wasn't on the island. yes because i enjoyed that because it wasn't that kind of linus is stuck being a government yes man and he's the problem and you know being trapped in the way he is he needs to change it actually had a much more mature and broader kind of even look at the issues, which I think is how I was able to be like, bit preachy but totally forgivable because everybody was trapped, everyone was stuck in, in the way things way. were yeah. and everybody needed to let go and look forward and, and grow. Linus's like being set off on this journey and getting yes, to the was island kind of the sort catalyst of that, that for trigger for it. Change, yeah. So you said that it took a little bit too long at, yes, at one the, stage. No, just where the children were like, yeah, I we hate you. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't really register that that took too long Fair because enough. I, like I said, I don't have any real sort of pre-expectations of a book like this. I'm also more impatient full stop. Like, yeah. we know that that's true. I, I'm like, you've made the your point, author, move on to a new point. The only thing that annoyed me was, like, Linus gets given confidential files about all of the kids, and it annoyed me that he only read one of them at the beginning. That annoyed me so much. <laughs> that was a bit that I was like, Ugh! Be prepared, friend. That was the narrative, little narrative flaw that I wish had just... We you were like that a was little bit more of that, yeah. And the tone of voice in which he wrote his reports back to extremely upper management, I didn't enjoy his tone of voice in those reports. It felt a little bit off from the person that he was in his interactions and in his sure. internal like Monologues. monologue and things like that. The island was really charming. Yeah, I I really like. It made it very accessible to me that it was sort of set in 
a familiar world with just Absolutely. a sort of what if extension to it. Yeah. And the characters were all very relatable. Like yep. even they had to be, but even though it was sort of like otherworldly. Yeah. Everyone was sort of you're like, oh, that reminds me of this and that's like this. And I liked that it was in this familiar world. So the yeah. musicians and everyone, all the pop culture that was mentioned are pop culture yeah, from our, our pop world. Culture. Yeah, that's right. So that made it very accessible. I think that I I would recommend it. It was a really interesting, it was unexpected. It was very heartwarming. I had yeah, a little, you know, I had cry. the little teary moments because it was it was, yeah. And it didn't, like you said, the, the like, sort of, I afterwards, what genre would this be described as? And it's tagged as romance and sci-fi, I think. Yeah, it's tagged fantasy. as a, sort of weird. But I don't think it's not, there's, there's, yeah, there is a sort of, like, there's actually a couple of them, like, love narratives. Yeah, but that but belonging, what, yeah. what got to me was the finding where you are meant to be. And finding your family and, and finding... And also that there's not one definition of what that looks like. Yeah. I enjoyed that. That there weren't... That it and wasn't everybody about... everybody deserves love. Yeah. And to be treated as... A person. A person. Because regardless of who they are, what they look like, what they can do, blah, 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 Where they, blah. Who their parents were. Who they love, whatever. Yeah. So it was very sweet. It was a really sweet book. It wasn't like emotionally or cognitively onerous. No, I think that's the thing I enjoyed about it, though, was... That's probably why I didn't think it was allegorical. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there were quite a number of different layers to read it on, which I always think is the is a hallmark of pretty good writing. It made me think of, if I was thinking of anything, some of the moments just sort of made me think of, like, civil rights movement in yeah. America in the Yeah, well, that's what it is, because it's about discrimination and racism. Mm essentially. But that was sort of the closest that I got. I was yeah. just really enjoying the story. So, yeah, I'd recommend it, and I think I would probably reread it. No, I'm not going to dive immediately back in no. like I've done for some of the books that we've read. Yeah. But maybe you will now that you're like, oh, I have to go back and see research and then <laughs> I'll end up five hours later coming out of Wikipedia and then I'll reread it and yeah. then all I'll do is have a cry, though. That's yeah. what would happen. Yeah. But I enjoyed, like, the little details, like, oh, Linus realised he'd left his umbrella at the office. Again, Again. he's not an automaton. He's not just a bureaucratic cog. Yeah. And his journey was fantastic. He was a really good protagonist to have in that story. So, yeah, I think it's a treasure. Yeah, I think it's a treasure too. Thanks very much for the recommend. It's pushed me into a direction that I would never have encountered otherwise. Yeah, which just goes to show people don't live in boxes. We just sometimes we just break out a little bit. A, right little, push. a little push or yeah. a little bit of help or conversation for us to find, find something, something exciting. And yeah, new. that's exactly right. Okay. So maybe, possibly, go and have a crack yourselves and see what you think. And as ever, always reach out. You can tell us books you want us to read. You can tell us what you thought of books we've recommended. Or... You can tell us books you think you would love to hear us Trash yes. <laughs> that you think were trash. We get recommendations get like that, which at the moment, actually, that's an important shout out. We got an excellent recommend of a book that is apparently that one of our listeners read and was like, it's dreadful. Teresa sent us an email and was like, 
I read this book. It's dreadful. Read this book. So we are still tracking it down, Teresa. It's a tough one for us to find. DRM is infuriating. Yes. If you're waiting for us to read something that you've recommended, at the moment, a lot of it is quite hard to find. But there's some of it that is like, sorry, this is not available for you to purchase if you live in the United States. So there's one book I've got coming. It's going to take a month to get here. And some things are just like not available in Australia. So we're trying. We are trying, We're and trying. I'm very committed, Teresa. I will find a way to read this book for you. But, yes, it is very difficult to actually physically find. Because even though the internet has no boundaries, apparently publishers think it does. Yeah, that's right. exactly right. Before we go on that rant. At any rate, thank you once again for joining us. We'll... It's so hot in here. So hot. Sorry, uh, just our recording problem. studio does not have air conditioning <laughs> and it's a 35-degree day. Oh, my God. It's 35 degrees at, like, 8 o'clock at night. And there's no ventilation. No. All right. Thank you very much for joining us. And spending some of your time with us. Tune in next week. We will bring you more spoiler-free recaps, reviews, and, and maybe even recommendations for whatever we read. And until then, happy reading. And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? (laughs) And with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.